All right, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Y'all doing okay? Um, I, I, I gotta, you know, sometimes as you're preparing, uh, things flow easy and some weeks they just don't, they, it, it's, it's hard. And so I've been sort of struggling through even how to work a couple things in, in the text that we're at, not the, um, not knowing how, really what the text says, but just how to explain it well. And, uh, right before I came up, I, I'd gotten a text from a former youth of ours that just said, hey, I uh, hope you're doing well, praying for you. So I just sent a picture of the group and said, hey, uh, I'll get back to you, um, getting ready to go up and speak. And this is what, the, what, they, what they wrote back. And this is, it said this, it says, the word is active and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. And I went, oh, thank you for that. Because I've just had one of those weeks where it just has felt like I just can't find my feet right. Uh, and then uh, it was just, it, I love it, a, 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 a former youth, one that you know is one that says, hey, hey, don't forget, it's the word that's doing all the work. You're just there to, to throw it out in front of, um, in front of people. Um, who wrote the letter of 1 Corinthians? Paul, who, who did he write it to? The church of God in, in Corinth. Not just one small church there, it's the churches that were all there, and we'll see that. Um, uh, Corinth was a, 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 a city that was where? In, in what con- country? Greece, okay? It was in Greece. And all, all their cities, had the, they had a patron small g god who they'd have a big temp- temple for that they were known for. Who was the small g god in the city of Corinth? Aphrodite, the, the goddess of fer, uh, sex and fertility. Not going to go into the night, that tonight, praise God. Uh, but that is, as we understand this text and where we're going to be, uh, Paul writes some things, and it's, it, you, we, we begin to understand why he writes to this city that is a wreck uh, that needs all the help they can get. Paul had some help in, in writing this book. Not only it was written by, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but he had a scribe that helped write it with him. What was his name? Sosthenes, all right, this guy that was against Paul at one point is now a brother of Paul's and the city of God, uh, the church of God in Corinth. So it's a pretty good turn around. Um, there's a verse in youth ministry I've probably used more when I've had one-on-one conversations with youth. And a lot of times the conversations go with this. A youth will come to me and go, Pastor Dan, I'm, I'm trying to live for Christ. I'm trying to live for God, but it's hard. I'm struggling I keep falling. I don't want to. I'm tired of this. What can I do? And there's a verse I turn to almost every time, and it's this. It's Proverbs 13, 20. It says this. He who walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And if there's one thing that I know and I understand, students, the one, one of the greatest things that will lead you towards or take you away from your walk with God is your friends and those you hang out with. If they, are, 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 if they walk towards God, there is much greater chance that you will walk towards God as well. But if they aren't walking towards God, these are your close friends and your peers that you hang out with, I can almost guarantee that you are going to be pulled away from them. I've never seen a youth that was strong enough to withstand the pull of their friends. So he who walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools suffers hard harm. If I were to ask you to define wisdom, what would you say? Like, what's wisdom? Adam? Uh, knowing, what to do. knowing, okay, knowing what to do, let's say what's right to do, 
and doing it. Okay, good, good. I like it because wisdom is an action word. It's more than just knowledge, right? Good. Knowing you know nothing, that's, that's wisdom. Yep, yep, that, that is wisdom. Uh, especially knowing nothing apart from God and that we are lost apart from God. What else is wisdom? Anybody else? Um, there's a glare, so I'm trying to look. Go ahead in, in the back there. Advice. Advice, yep, advice is. Someone can give you wise count, account, counsel. So let me ask this, what's foolishness? Foolishness. Anybody? I can't hear you. Stupid choices. That's the beautiful way I would have said it. Exactly. Would y'all agree with that? Yeah. What? Can any, you want to add anything else to the definition of foolishness? No. Knowing what's wrong and doing it. Are, are knowing what's right and not doing it, right? So that's good. That's good. I like it. Yeah, Carla. Speak up. Not having any wisdom. A lack of wisdom is foolishness. I would agree with all of these statements about it. I would like to impart with y'all some wisdom that I've learned over the years. Can I do that? And some of this, one of this, I think you, some, some, some of you've, may have heard one of these stories before. I don't think you've heard them both. Uh, and if you have, just sit back and relax, enjoy the ride. Uh, when I was the wise age of 20, I finally got to the age where I would need to shave every 14 days or so. <clears throat> so I was pretty proud of that fact. I actually went and bought one of those three three spinning Norelco electric shavers with the three blades on it. And I, some of you are giving away what the story is already. And um, that's right. And, um, and so I remember at the age of 20, I'm shaving and just going, la-da-da-da-da. And as a, just, I was so wise beyond my years at the age of 20 <clears throat> that I was thing, you know, it goes over bumps on your face, you know, and, and whether it's acne or whatever. And you're like, how in the world does this not cut? like your face all up. This makes no sense at all. I remember I looked at these blades as they were spinning. And, you know, it, it, you know, I'm looking at it, and I'll go, I wonder what it feels like on my tongue if I were to lick it. And so, without thinking, stupid, right? Without thinking, I licked it. And can I tell you, you don't want to lick an electric Norelco three-blade razor ever. Because when I licked it, this thing is going, nye, nye, nye. I'm looking at it, and I go, and it, your, your, your tongue has taste buds on it that are bumps. And all it did was it sucked my tongue into this razor, this, and it went, nye. great news is my tongue jammed up in there and it stopped the motor, so it quit spinning. Bad news is, I panicked and I jerked it out of my mouth and ripped all this part of my tongue. And from that day on, I stuttered. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. It ripped that top part of my mouth and I bled. And so, what do you do when you're bleeding? Like on your face, you take toilet paper. So I'm laughing, and it's not good in your mouth because it gets all soppy. Uh, and it only took like three hours for it to stop bleeding. Don't do that. 
Do we understand that? Now, I'm a youth minister. I've been one for 27 years. And youth, youth ministry, you do some fun things with students a lot of times or VBS. And we were doing something with students where we had those beads and the bra bracelets where you put the, the black bead, the white bead, the red bead. Have you, you seen those? You put them on so you can talk about before you were saved and then the blood, the red bead, Jesus came to save you from your sins. Uh, the black, you're lost in your sin. Jesus' blood, the white is, is the cross and he saves you and then it's green because you grow in your faith and then it's, it's gold and that's heaven later, right? Have, have anybody ever seen that before? Okay, good. Uh, almost half of you. Well, I had those beads, okay? Those beads. And I'm with a bunch of youth, and we're goof, 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 goofing off. And I, I say to some of the youth, and I was a younger man at the time, probably, were you there, babe? I think you were, because I came to you in a panic. Um, I know, well, I said, hey, I bet I can stick all these beads up my nose. Okay? So I, I stick one bead up my nose, and, you know, you you close it up and you shoot it out. Ha, ha, ha. Well, then I stick six of them up my nose. And I go, ha, 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 ha. And I go this, and all I hear is a whistling sound. Because the holes of the beads are all lined up in a straight line. So, so when I blow, it's like, And at that point, I panic. And go, this was a bad idea. I mean, there's a point of trying to be funny, and then you've gone across the line, and now you're foolish. Great news is I figured out if I banged really hard on top of my nose because the beads were sticking out over here, I could push them back down and got them all out. I didn't have to go to the ER. Cool, huh? And this, yeah. And this is the same guy that's about to give you a message tonight. <laughs> God is a redeeming God and maybe he's, 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 he's having fun with you. Um, this text that we've been in, it's, about, it's been about the world's wisdom and God versus God's fool, foolishness. And I said that correctly because what we've read is this, that the world's wisdom, the gr greatest that there is, doesn't even compare to the foolishness of God. That God is so much above them that, that what would say God is a fool is greater than any of man's wisdom. That's how big and great our God is. We're going to read this text together. Before we do, some of you have signed up on a scripture reading group. And there's a list out there uh, as you go out on our sign-up sheets. And I love to have, we haven't done this since I think before COVID, but I love to have students read the scripture for us during the message where you would come up here, grab a microphone, and just read the scripture because stuttering Dan has a rough time with scripture times. No, because I really want to get you up here and, and a part of the service. So if you want to ever do that, sign up on that list. I will get with you a couple days before so you know what you're going to read. So if there's weird names, you can figure out how to say them. But I'd love for you all to be a part of that. Uh, each week, we stand in honor of God's word just to remind us that this word is holy. This is God's word to you and to me. So we're going to stand for this first part of scripture we're about to read. Stand with me. I'm going to actually start in verse 5. I don't think I've got verse 5 on the screen. Uh, just if you got it in your Bibles, follow along. Verse 6 will pop up when we get there. We're just going to read right now to verse, uh, through verse 9. This, uh, this, this is what, where we ended last week. So your faith may not rest on the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not 
a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you to talk about just, uh, just your wisdom, um, that your, your plan, that your ways are not like our ways. Uh, Lord, that this world will always be fighting against you. Uh, and Lord, they will scoff and mock um, your believers, your followers. Lord, give us the courage and the, the boldness not to only withstand the mocking, but to speak out in love to everybody we come in touch with. Give us courage to communicate the, the gospel the best way we can. Uh, and Lord, may we be a light for this world that needs to see you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a seat. So we, he's talking about here that, that there's a wisdom, and it's a wisdom uh, not of this age. It's not of the, this world, and the rulers of this age, of this world, they're doomed to pass away. And then it, it goes on, look, look at this part, it says, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Do you know that you've got a secret and hidden wisdom of God? That's what you have? And what that is, and we're going to explain it a little bit more, is the, the gospel. The secret hidden wisdom of God is the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. We get to tell, who here has ever been told a secret? Who here has, I won't, don't raise your hands at this, okay? Do not raise your hands. But who here has ever told someone else a secret that you heard? A lot of us have. I think we all have. Why? Because we like to be the first to tell. We like to tell the secret. This, we get to tell the secret. This hidden secret of God is the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ that we get to share. Now, there's, there, there's something here. It says this, that, that um, Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to destruction. Do we understand that the world says there's a right way to live, but, the, but as the Word of God says, it doesn't lead to God, it leads to death. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, it goes on and says this, for, and this is God, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither, neither are, are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Do, 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 do you recognize that God's word and God's plan so many times is the complete opposite of what the world says? Complete opposite. This is what God says. He says, for your enemies, the world says, give them the revenge they deserve. If they attack you, you attack them harder. God's word says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Wait, I'm supposed to love them and and pray for them? Are you kidding me? They don't deserve that. That's God's ways are opposite of the world's way. This is God's ways. He says, you want to live? You want to really live? You got to die. He says, you want to be gr greatest? You've got to be the least. You, you want to lead? Serve. 
You want to gain? Give. Everything, this makes no sense at all to the world, but it works. God's way works. And this secret hidden wisdom of God is this. And it says, it goes in the text that the rulers of this age did not understand it or they would not have crucified the Lord. This is the secret hidden wisdom it talks about there. That Jesus was God, the Savior of the world, and he was crucified on an executioner's tool to redeem mankind. That the cross did not kill him, but the sin of, of the world that was laid upon him because he was a sinless sacrifice. That's what killed him. That's the secret sacrifice that he, he redeems us. Man, that's good news. Let's go on in, in this text. And now don't forget, throughout 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, this has been, if we look at verse 127, it says this, For God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Once again, God's ways are not our ways. Do not miss that. His ways are not our ways. Our text goes on, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. This is what it says. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that per person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Who knows your deepest, darkest thoughts? Do your friends know your deepest, deepest, darkest thoughts, everything about you, every insecurity, every... They don't, right? You, you know it, but no one else can, can know it. They know a lot about you. They can know. I know my wife. I know my wife very well. We've been married for 25 plus years now, and I know her very well. But she knows herself still so much more than I know her. And what the text is saying here, do we understand that the Holy Spirit understands the depths of God much more than we can ever understand the depths of God? That's why we need the Spirit in our life. It says this, verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this, this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. God gives you the Holy Spirit so that you can understand this. Do we understand that? Do we get that? That that Spirit knows the depths of God, every bit of God, and because of that, when we read this, this, this scripture, the, the Spirit illuminates it. It reveals God's word to us. That, that's how this works. There's, there's a way I've got to explain it. Um, Y'all, some of you heard the story before. Some of you have not. Bear with me. There's a different application at the end of it. Uh, when I was 20, mm, 22 or 3, I uh, was invited to go on a mission trip to Tanzania, East Africa for a, a summer. I was going to be there for uh, 12 weeks 
and we were going to go to, from village to village. I was going to be in a group of, um, there was a group of 12 of us, and we split into a group of four and eight or, or, or five and, and seven. And the five of us drove into like the bush, into where you would drive for like 16 hours just to get to the next village on these roads that weren't roads. And we would teach uh, about AIDS, uh, and, and, and we'd teach about purity and God's plan for their lives, and we shared the gospel. That was sort of what we did on this trip. When I got there, I was pretty pumped about this trip. As some of you know, don't freak out, I stutter, right? Uh, and I thought, maybe this is God's plan for my life. Maybe God's calling me to go on the mission field, because on this trip, we were going to have an interpreter with us who would speak on my behalf. I would speak, and he would interpret for me. I was finally free from this, this, this cloak of stuttering and speech that felt like it had handcuffed me all my life. I thought this might be God's plan for my life. And so I go there and there's this guy named Scout who's going to be be our interpreter for the entire summer. He and I are going to work work together. Me and one more guy were going to speak and preach. And so we were going to get to know Scout well. And so that first day or two there, I pulled Scout aside and said, Scout, listen, man, don't freak out but I stutter. I get stuck on words when I talk. And so if I stutter when I'm speaking, just, just ignore it. And you just sort of wait for me to get through it. And then you interpret for, for me and it's going to be great. And he looked at me with the biggest smile you've, you've ever seen. He said, hey, he said, no worries. He said, I st- 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 stutter too. Wait, God just took me halfway around the world and gave me a stuttering interpreter. I said to Scout, Scout, why in the world are you an interpreter if you stutter? And he looks at me dead, dead face and goes, why well, are you a, a pastor? And I went, touche. Okay, okay. <laughs> Very good. And so all summer, I stuttered with the sermons and it was stuttered out in a different language for the, the people to hear. Some of you have heard that story before. But this is my point for tonight. When I went to Africa and preached the gospel, no one would have understood anything I said unless my interpreter scout was there to reveal it to to them. They would have just heard some man talk in a language they didn't know and they would never have gotten the gist or the point of what it was. Do we understand that that's what the Holy Spirit does for us? The Holy Spirit helps to reveal God's word, God's truth, so that we understand his scripture. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. We don't like to talk about the Holy Spirit a lot because we don't understand it. It's a mystery. How does that work? The Spirit is that thing when you are doing something and you've got a choice to do right and wrong, and you start to go wrong, and there's this pull and voice that says, ah, probably don't want to do that. The Spirit reveals God's word. It convicts our heart. It challenges us. The Spirit is at work in us. Have you ever, don't raise your hand, have you ever read the Bible, open it up, you've read, uh, let's see, we're reading in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, you read it, and then when you're done, you're like, all right, I'm finished, don't know what that was about. Have you ever done that before? I want to give, give you a help 
Uh, and if you've, if you've got something to take notes with, I want you to write these down. Uh, and I'll have this for you as well at the end for those that don't have something to write with. This is whenever you are going to study the Bible. And study, I mean, partly it's just read it. Read it and say, God, help, help me grow. Help me understand your word. You know, the first thing that we should do is pray. Whenever you open this up to read it on your own, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is pray. And don't pray, not that it's, it's, it's bad to pray for your friends or pray for a need or pro, for that need. Pray this, God, will you reveal your truth to me today? Will you reveal to me what I need to see, hear, and know? And give me the courage to apply it. Let that be your prayer, but ask for help. Psalm 119, 18 and, and 19 says this, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner, a tra 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 traveler on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. This is just a cry out to God. God, reveal your truth to me. Help me to understand your truth. James 1.5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, whew, there's that word, wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. I don't know about you, but I lack wisdom all the time. And it's not only when I'm shaving my tongue or sticking beads up my nose. I lack it so many times. And James 1.5, a lot of people misuse that verse. Go, hey, hey, if you're lacking, if you're missing something, hey, if you need something in your life, ask God and God will give it to you. This is the, the promise in Scripture. The promise in Scripture is this. If any of you lack wisdom, which you all do, no offense, I'm offended, good. If you lack wisdom, wisdom, ask God. God, give me wisdom. Wisdom is, I like the definition too of knowing what's, what God's word says we should do and doing it. It's not just knowing what he says to do, but you're doing it. You're living it out within your life. So when we read through it, there's six questions that you can ask with, I think, any text of Scripture. Six things. You're like, I'm trying to understand what this means. And one or two of these, sometimes three or four of these, sometimes all six can be in a single passage of Scripture. Uh, and, and, and passage, I don't know about you, but if you've got a Bible and it, it's got like uh, verses like one through uh, six right here, and then there's some small print. It's like, it's like a title to it. That's like a passage of Scripture. If you don't know where to start or, or stop or start, begin with that. Let that be a passage. It's, it, it sort of succincts some points in Scripture. Great way for you to start. These are the six things I want to get you to ask. First is this. Ask one, is there a fact about God for me to know? Whenever you read Scripture on your own, is there a fact about God for me to know? Two, is there any example for me to follow? When I'm reading Scripture, you've got to be, understand, reading the Word and studying the Word of God is action on your part. You've got to work at it. But these are things, these are tools that you can do. Is there an example for me to, to follow? Third, is there any command for me to obey? Is there something in there that's saying that I need to do? I'm going to explain these in a second. Four, is there any error for me to avoid? Error to avoid. This doesn't always, not all things you need to avoid are sin. Like, like this. Uh, 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 
he who walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. What, what do we probably, an error to avoid? Don't be a companion of fools because it can lead you to sin. Okay, errors to avoid. Next one, there, there's six of them. Is there any sin for me to forsake? Forsake to get away from, to give up. Forsake's an older word there, but that's what, is there any sin for me to, for, to forsake? And the last one is, is there any prom promise for me to claim? Is there, if you will write this down, and I've got something, uh, some note cards or some bookmarks right here that have all six of those things on there. Because I'd love for you to just stick this in your Bible. And whenever you read it, when you get into your text, you've got this thing to grab and go, okay, let me look at this text and read it. And don't just read it once. Read it one time through. Just read it. And then start over from scratch and read it again. And then begin to ask these questions about it. See, uh, we've been in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Uh, and uh, so some that jumped out to me is, uh, and is there any fact about God for me to know? In 1 Corinthians 1, 9, it says this, God is faithful. God is faithful. Goes on to explain a little bit more about that. Uh, for there, any examples for me to, to follow, I thought of one. His name's Sosthenes. We read in Acts 18, who was against Paul, who has now become a, bro a brother of, of Paul. Not only that, but a tool in the hand of God being used by God. That gives me hope. God could use him. Maybe, maybe God can use me too. Example to follow. That's also a example to follow. Proverbs thirteen twenty. He through he who walks with the wise becomes wise. Example to follow. Let me walk with the wise. Uh, is there a command for me to obey? I can't get away from Matthew twenty eight verse nineteen. Go go ye therefore into all the world. Make disciples of all. Nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Command to follow. Is there an error for me to uh, avoid, right? Um, Proverbs 13, 20, a companion of fools suffers harm. Is there a sin for me to forsake? First Corinthians 6, 18, and there's a lot of these in the Word of God. This is one of them, flee from sexual immorality. Uh, is there any prom promise for me to claim in 1 Corinthians 1, 8? It says that, that Je Jesus Christ, who will, he, uh, that he will sustain you to the end. God, that's a promise to claim right there. Pastor Dan, it's hard. God, it's hard. I don't know if I can do it. I know, I know it's hard. God says, keep fighting for me. I will sustain you to the end. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. That's a, a promise to claim. Start to open your Bible. Use these tools to understand what God's Word says. When you read a, a, a passage, it won't have all six of those things in there. It may only have one, but I have always found that I can always find at least one of those in the, the passage. And then you take what you learn and you apply it to your life. Do we get that? And that is done by what? By the help of the Holy Spirit who illuminates it for us, who reveals it to us. That's the Spirit at work in us. Verse 14 of, of 1 Corinthians 2 says this. We're going to sort of wrap up with this. It says, The natural per person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. This world is never going to understand you. People will, some will, 
Some won't. Some people you will share the good news with, and the Word of God even tells us that we will share it with them, and they will come to faith in, in, in Jesus Christ. How do I know that's true? Because if you look around this room to your left and right, there are people in this room that have put their faith in Jesus Christ because someone shared it with them. It happens. It works. Some people are going to reject it. It's going to be foolish. This whole text that we've looked at, and I love being in this one book because this is what it's saying, that the cross is fool, foolishness to the world, but to the, for us that is being saved by it, it's the power of God. Once again, we see it. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, but they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned, meaning they are revealed by, by the Spirit of God. Revealed by the Spirit of God. First Corinthians six nineteen. I just want to end you in with this. It says, uh, "Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body." This Spirit, this hidden secret truth of God, which is the gospel that we have a chance to share to to, to with a world that needs to hear. We've got to speak up. We've got to just start bringing God up in the conversation. 20 seconds of insane courage. We've just got to go for it. Because it changes lives. Like I said, look to your left. Look to your right. People around you have been changed by the gospel. And there's more that need to be changed by the gospel. Let us not slow down until we share with everyone the good news. And I just love the fact that the Spirit's sort of hard to understand. Ooh, the Holy Spirit, how does that work? I don't know exactly. No one really knows exactly how the Spirit works, but I know it does convict. I know I'm encouraged by the Spirit. I know the Word of God says that when I am hurt so bad and I don't know how to pray, that it, it speaks to God on my behalf with groanings I can't even understand, that the Spirit is interceding for us, that the Spirit reveals His truth to us. So let's fight to understand this truth. You'll, you'll, the Spirit will never reveal His truth to you unless you open this up, right? And we, we got to get in the Word. Got to get in the Word. I'm going to pray. When I'm done praying, I, I've just got these bookmarks. I encourage you, youth or adults, come grab one. It's got the things that we shared. Um, that you can do as you're reading the Bible on your own. If I can ever help you, go and pastor. I'm just trying to figure out what book to study or something to read. I need help. I don't understand this. I love it. I, youth will text me. Sometimes it's late at night. I don't care. Hey, Pastor Dan, I read this. I don't understand what this says. What do you think? And we'll talk about it. Um, man, let's, 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 let's be students of the word together. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for a chance to be here. Uh, Lord, there's, there's so many things uh, that could be shared uh, tonight, Lord. And God, just help, help us to understand your wisdom. Help us to be bold, to share your truth. Help us rely on your spirit. Help us respond to your spirit. When you speak to us, Lord, may we, may we move. God, give us courage. I need courage. Give us courage to speak up. Give us courage to love well and speak truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
All right, I've got these up here if you want one. And uh, y'all have a great week.